I'm Damien Fowler. And I'm George Sluffel. And welcome to the second season of The Current Podcast. The Current is your deep dive into the future of TV, media, and data privacy, all explained in plain English. We talk to the biggest names in digital marketing, and we're delighted to kick off this season with a remarkable guest, Janet Lee, the VP of Mobile Marketing at Samsung. She's a marketing veteran and someone whose passion for what she does is clearly an inspiration. No doubt, Janet can talk about everything from how Samsung's cameras makes people like me actually look attractive and how it navigated the initial rollout of its popular flip phone. We're gonna start by talking about her switch from marketing perfume and skincare products to cutting edge tech. I've been everywhere and it's been a long time since I've gotten into the profession of marketing. When I decided to become a marketer, my goal was always to be the best marketer I know because I really love the art of marketing. So when I moved from one company to, to the next, I was always driven by wanting to learn something new that I wasn't already doing in my existing role. So when I moved from Mattel to J&J, I was motivated by wanting to get the traditional CPG training, which I got in my short time at J&J. So after that, and I, when I moved to L'Oreal, it was because I got into skincare at J&J and I really loved it. And then I moved to Arden where I got into fragrance. So what's really in- interesting about fragrance is you're selling a bottle of liquid that nobody needs. So there in fragrance, the focus is so much on creating that emotional connection and delivering on that emotional benefit. So come to Samsung, the tech industry in general, is not a marketing-led industry. You know, so much of success depends on tech innovation. So, you know, now things are changing, but in the past, marketing is kind of an afterthought. Thank you for uh, walking us through that, Janet. So if you were to pour all of your experience from those different companies into a bowl, mix them together, what lessons did you learn from working from such a diverse group of brands that you're applying today at Samsung? Does anything stand out to you? There are a lot of similarities. And the reason um, is that the success of marketing is so dependent on how well you understand the consumer. So everything starts and ends with the consumer. So looking at just Samsung, I've been here for four years. I can already see that we've evolved in the way we talk about our products uh, because in the past, it was the process somewhat linear. Your product has been developed and then you figure out a way to talk about it. The communication even to consumers was driven by the focus in the tech innovation. So you come up with this cool feature that nobody else has, and you just want to talk about it. The question that consumers will ask is, okay, that's super cool. And some great R&D minds have come up with it. So what, why should I care? So now the focus is shifting from the technology. And then I think it comes from, you know, increasing understanding within Samsung that it does not matter how great your tech innovation is if the consumer doesn't understand it. So applying that in-depth knowledge of the consumer and just obsessing over the consumer needs and how they would understand your product, that is key to success and that applies to all categories. You talk about the kind of emotional relationship towards a brand and you've mentioned that you know, you want to put the consumer in the frame, that's not a pun because I actually wanted to get to, to this amazing campaign that you ran in 2020. Could you explain the genesis 
of that campaign and how that kind of built that relationship with the consumer. I think these key commercial moments, like Mother's Day, Father's Day, Dads and Grads of Graduation,、uh, Black Friday holiday, the initial instinct for each company is to kind of show, okay, this is the array of products that I can offer you for this commercial moment, but. My thought always was that those are not only commercial moments, but they're cultural moments. So my team and I said that those moments present opportunities to our brand to show who we are, what we stand for, what our values are. So rather than Mother's Day saying you can gift your mom, you know X Y Z product, we wanted to bring our brand's unique point of view to that moment. So, how do we marry the two? Mother's Day, a key commercial moment for Americans, and our product that is highly focused on smartphone camera technology. So, we discussed what is that unique insight about camera pictures and mom, and we all discovered, oh my goodness, when I look back at my family pictures, mom is always missing, <laughs> or she's she's in very few pictures. And another thing about Mother's Day is. You're talking to the kids or the husband who are about to gift their mom or their spouse, right? So we said, put mom back in the picture. Listen, guys, check. You will find that your mom is missing from many of the pictures. Put her back and at the center. So that was the inside. We loved it. We felt really good about that. I mean, I think that's a unique POV. We're telling people, put mom back in the picture, and we talk less about our product, but. You know the message came across to the consumers. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. You know, a lot of brands look to Samsung for guidance on how to embrace trends. How is Samsung, as a brand, you know, shifting、uh, its strategy to meet audiences? You know, where where are they are? How is that changing your brand campaigns and the way you think about going to market? So, right now in our local market in the U.S. market, we. Work very closely with our media agency to constantly innovate and continuously improve our precision in finding the audiences that we want to target. So, I mean, you can call it many different things. You can call it performance marketing. You know, so there's always that innovation because we're so performance driven, right? In terms of cost efficiency, in terms of attitudinal. Shifts, so that is an ongoing thing. However, when it comes to creative, bulk of our creative comes from our global marketing counterparts, and they not only serve us, the U.S. market, but all markets. So, we are kind of letting our media innovation drive the creative.、Uh, any changes. Or innovation in creative process, so that's ongoing. Thank you for sharing that, and and I want to touch on something. You guys are the fourth largest advertiser in the world, and something I don't think you guys get enough recognition for is is how you guys manage various different crises. Can you give some insight about what it was like, you know, specifically with the foldable phone, like navigating the initial launch to? You know, delivering the actual product and 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 you know, showing those brilliant campaigns. What was that like? We don't talk about it a lot, but it's about balancing speed to market and how 
close to what you believe is perfection at the time you want to get to, right? Samsung tends to be very experimental and we don't mind being the pioneer. Actually, we, we see that as our role in the tech industry to be the pioneer. And we are the ones who are going to push the envelope and bring innovation. So that reminds me of our recent campaign when we launched our latest foldable phones, Z Fold 3 and Z Flip 3 in August, we launched. We knew that we were struggling with low awareness of the foldable phone category. So we felt that even before launch, we had to have an aggressive awareness campaign. So again, what we did was we looked at the existing foldable phone owners and and tried to understand what their experience has been. And it was very interesting because on, and we partnered with Reddit to do this, a lot of foldable phone owners, they complained that their, their life is bad because, you know, random strangers come up to them as, you know, having them on their shoulder, asking to show them their phone, you know, and it's interesting because even our executive leadership, when they travel, they said, oh, TSA agent will ask me, is that the new fold, foldable phone? Can I see it? So it's, it's a very known everyday experience for foldable phone owners. So we created this whole campaign. We called it Influencer. Uh, because there's one one consumer who actually said something to the effect of, I have to look in the mirror and ask myself, am I ready for this life? Because the minute you walk out with that phone, you're going to be bombarded with questions coming from strangers. It's to that extent that you know people are fascinated when they see the phone. Again, there aren't that many of them in the world yet, and we're getting there, but we use that. And we, we actually chased all these consumers who commented on Twitter or Reddit, got their consent to use their codes in our campaign. So it was uh, called our influencer campaign. And it was, it was very relevant and, and you know, resonated with our target audience. We talk about you know, how the space is evolving so fast and you've got to be aggressive you know, and you've got to be ahead of the curve. And, and you've, Samsung has kind of proved that it's really uh, you know, ahead of that that curve. The space is changing. You know, we, we hear this stuff about the metaverse and we hear about new partnerships, you know, and young consumers are, are ready to jump onto the next big thing. How much pressure is there, you know, for you to create partnerships to get the brand to the right demographic, to get the brand in front of the right people and just stay ahead of that curve? So it is all driven by our desire to deliver best mobile experience to the consumers. When we select partners, it's really based on what the consumers are are wanting. We partner really early, I think it was when we launched Note 10 with Epic to create, you know, bespoke skin within Fortnite for Note 10 users or our Galaxy users. All of that, you know, our, our partnership selection decisions and how we integrate for what end experience all depends on what the consumers are looking for. And we've been very lucky because we, I guess, must have built a pretty good reputation as innovative, experimental brand because, you know, we've done cool things, obviously, with Epic and, and their IP Fortnite. We recently have developed really strategic partnership with billboards. We are now, you know, because of our influencer 
campaign, even Reddit, is looking at our partnership differently from you know just ad platform and advertiser. So we're not afraid to try something new if benefits the consumer. A great campaign that you launched um, in 2021. You launched a whole Hulu series uh, around the Galaxy S21. Could you talk about the evolution of that and how that branded content integrate into the show and whether that's something you'll be doing in the future? When you think about, you know, smartphone camera or the pictures you take on your smartphone, we don't necessarily dominate the consumer perception. So we knew very precisely, we, we are constantly doing consumer surveys and research. So we knew what the perception gap was between our brand and our biggest competitor. So we said, okay, how do we show our camera technology in a compelling way? And then at the same time, when we launched S21, the whole idea was, oh my goodness, this camera technology is so advanced. It is as good as your professional you know, camera, DSLR, or all the equipments that a professional photographer would bring in order to take, take pictures. So knowing that, we said, okay, let's show it by inviting professional photographers to use our phone instead of their, you know, I don't know, multi tens of thousands of dollars of equipment and show to everyone that the end quality of, you know, the product, the, the photography is just as good, right? So that was a whole idea. So Hulu partnered with us and the production company was Westbrook and then our agency partner was BBH. So we created episodes where we have all these photographers who are given a task or a mission, and then they deliver. And we, you know, we followed the very typical competition reality show formula. You, you know, you go through process of elimination until you get to the last standing winner. So we did that and we did close our camera perception gap. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, your, your cameras are really great. Whenever someone takes a picture of me with their Samsung camera, for some reason, I look more attractive than I actually am. I don't know what you guys are doing, but it's pretty cool. Uh, l- let me ask you this, like, uh, you know, the, the pandemic happened, you know, trends were accelerated. A lot of people say five years of innovation was condensed into six months. How has that impacted you know, Samsung's strategy in selling its product? Is it still like that traditional method? Are you guys experimenting with things like shoppable ads or using social as a channel to push your products? Is, is there any innovation happening there? And, it, and even if it's not happening today, like where do you see that going in the very near future? Do you have any insight on that? So inserting yourself in the process of the consumer's natural behavior, it, that's much easier than trying to shift behavior, right? So if someone is viewing products on social app, then I want to be there rather than telling that person, you must go into the store and now try our product, right? So that's our approach. We leave it to the consumers to decide how they want to shop. And we want to make sure that we're there you know, along the, the journey, right? We know that there is a group of consumers who are still much more comfortable going into their, you know, carrier store, talking to the sales rep to make a device selection and go through the activation process. We know that there are consumers who don't want to step out. So when you're making over $1,000 purchase decision, you kind of want to see it, right? 
then you don't want to leave the house. <laughs> so we've launched Samsung Live. It's on our Samsung.com platform. It's live commerce platform. And we make sure that we provide very up-close view of the product, you know, from every little corner. So the consumer feels like, okay, it's almost, I'm not touching it, but it's almost like being in store and I can see the product. So we try to mimic as much as possible the, you know, in-person experience or viewing. So that's one way. We were first to launch shop capability within tech industry anyway. We offered pre-order option on Facebook and Instagram. And we added shop capability. So on our Instagram months ago, even prior to Foldable's launch. So we're trying to be everywhere, you know, across different touch points because we need to support the consumer's shopping behavior rather than trying to shift it, you know, one way or another. How are you trying to kind of draw in people who may be already using a different product? How do you kind of get to those people? We need to understand there are many different subsets within the user base of any given brand. So even Samsung Galaxy users, um, depending on which variable you use to sub-segment. So they're hardcore Samsung loyalists, diehard. They've been with us with, you know, through many generations. So they're, you know, really loyal consumers. There's a group who are somewhat open. They're open to many brands. Then the key decision driver maybe value or the latest and greatest tech. So we try to understand all the different subsets of any base and we decide which subset of any given base we want to go after. And when we try to switch over from other brand bases, we focus on the decision driver. So when we launch something like foldables, we don't necessarily say, oh, I want to go after that competitor's base or this competitor's base. We say, regardless of brand loyalty, if a consumer is looking for latest and greatest, if someone is motivated by innovation, then that person will come to foldables or consider foldables. So we highlight that. And there's obviously value-driven consumers who are, for the most part, brand agnostic. As a brand owner or business owner or business manager, you need to kind of think about the cost of acquisition and how long you can retain that consumer and figure out the best way to calculate the, the true value of that consumer base, right? And it all has, it's very complicated, as you can imagine, your business objectives, short-term, long-term, midterm, you know? So if it's short-term, yes, you wouldn't mind grabbing all those people with aggressive value. But then if you think about long-term, I don't know if it's the best thing to do. So it all depends on how you're, I guess, incentivized as a business manager. But those from other brands' bases, those who are open to Samsung, interestingly, are the high-end users. Those who are confident in their knowledge of technology, in their eye for innovation. So those people are more likely to come over to Galaxy. And that's it for The Current. Stay tuned because next week we'll have Hamid Saifi, VP of e-commerce at Liquid Death Mountain Water. The idea of being everything to everyone is just not in the DNA of this brand. This brand is really about bringing fun to a category that has never really seen it. The Current is produced by Wonder Media Network.
Our theme is by Loving Caliber. The Trade Desk team includes Cassie Crosby, Yvonne Sikic, Kat Vesey, and Elise Liffering. And remember, we need to support the consumer's shopping behavior rather than trying to shift it. I'm Damien. And I'm George. And we'll see you next week.